0: We are going to are... So, Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Saltercast uh, for this season with myself, Glyn Price, and as usual, I'm joined by Ollie Warner. How are you, Ollie, this week?
1: Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you?
0: I'm good, yeah. It's fireworks night here in Shrewsbury. I'm sure it's fireworks night everywhere else because it's the same night everywhere. But um...
1: It's fireworks week these <laughs> yeah, days. Yeah, <laughs> it
0: goes on a fair bit. So, yeah, if you hear any bangs in the background, that's what's going on this week. But, um, yeah, it's fireworks night and we, we saw some fireworks on Saturday. Shrewsbury started their journey in the FA Cup this season. It was, uh, it was an interesting day, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was an interesting game. Um, I'd say it was a fireworks with prolonged periods of gaps <laughs> 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 um in terms of yeah if it was a fi- if it was to put it as a firework display you'd have lots of waiting around. Yeah. But um yeah it was an interesting game. Um I think it's a good an interesting one as well in terms of just kind of more evidence of how good this team is. Um and yeah it was interesting obviously a few different points to discuss um, different players and yeah some different players um, different starting lineup and stuff um, and yeah an interesting um, tweet that we'll talk about from Stuart mm. Dunn as well talking about defence so yeah cool so yeah I think it would be an interesting pod FA Cup and um, yeah obviously um, we'll into the next round
0: yeah there we go we should, should we have a talk about the match now and we'll, we'll move on to our analysis of the game
1: and here come the home side the last chance, surely. It is Vernon on the left. There are bodies in the box. It is Scott Vernon driving towards the goal. He's still going. And it's in.
0: There, they have won it with the last kick of the game.
1: On Saturday, um, Shrewsbury Town beat Oldershot 5-0 in the FA Cup. Interesting, it was five goal scorers, which was good. Mm. So um, Rodman started us off and um, Wally and then Payne and got the third and um, Gunnar got one quite quickly after that and then Morris um, and then yeah they kind of put the game to bed it took a while for us to get the first goal in um, 20 minutes and then scored after 24 minutes and then there was a bit of a gap until the second half so we went in at half time 2-0 uh, but fully in control mm-hmm. and interestingly Stuart Dunn um, a lot of people are um, retweeting this um, tweet from Stuart Dunn um, kind of after the game obviously meant that we've had 10 home games now we've only conceded 3 and of those two of them were penalties against us if any, and the only person to score an open play is is Dak, which is you could argue is the best player in the league. Yeah. So, yeah, it's um, it was a nice tweet, and yeah, kind of summed up how strong we are in defence and how passionate the team are at keeping those clean shoes. Yeah, it's,
0: great. it's a great start, isn't it, considering everything. And, uh, you know, even on Saturday, where we've got, again, slightly different uh, set of defenders again. You know, it's that unit, isn't it? It doesn't really matter who's playing there at the moment. They seem to all be so committed that they're, they're keeping the goals, aren't they? So, um, yeah. yeah, it's probably just worth running through the team then, really, isn't it, Ollie?
1: Yep. So, McGillivray and goal... Um, Riley came in at right back, um, which is good um which is nice to see him. He had a I thought he had a good game actually. Mm-hmm. Um the Salah and Sadler in the back. Um so obviously we'd just to get your view on um Sadler's central defence and Beckles as at left back. Um, and then midfield, um, the only change really was Morris coming in. Godfrey in his normal sitting role. Warley, Nolan, Morris, Rodman. And then Payne came in for Morris uh, up front. So, sorry, Glyn Morris and um, Bryn Morris. Oh, Glyn Morris. <laughs> yeah, Glyn Morris. So, yeah, there's a few changes there, actually. So, four um, four changes to the starting lineup. Yep. Um But... Not too surprising, really, um, given that Gogo was suspended. Yeah. Um, so yeah, question then: Were you, Would you play um, Sadler in centre defence and Beckles left back?
0: I think uh, yeah, I think I said it last week that um, you, you're kind of giving yourself more problems by moving Sadler out to left back, aren't you? You might as well leave Toto and Sadler as they are because. They've become such a solid unit, those two. And I know Beckles was really good at Doncaster playing Santa Mac and, um, and some of the small, smaller cup games he's played there as well. But, you know, I, and we'll come on to talk about Beckles later. I thought we had a reasonable game at left back and, and he did when he came off of Brown the other week. So it doesn't fill me. I sort of said to my brothers we were coming out that the defence doesn't worry me, even though we've lost Brown. I don't feel overly concerned about it. But Sadar and Nasala were brilliant again at the back. You know, I know we were only playing older shot, but I think i will just stick with those two for now, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, obviously Sadler played his career, majority of his career, at left-back. Yeah. But for the last few years at Shrewsbury, he was quite poor at left-back, where he's actually been really solid at central defence. I don't like playing central defenders in full-back because mm. I think it's kind of almost devaluous position and it is quite a specialist position. And I think Beckles will be targeted, obviously not from an aerial position, but in terms of, you know, Winger's running at him yeah. um, and not a an natural position that place. But he did all right against a very poor team. So I think it'll be bigger tests when we play against um, some better sides so that we'll just see how that one goes.
0: Yeah, and it's one game out of the, the run of games we've got through to Christmas before we can bring someone in, in January, isn't it, yeah. which I'm almost certain we will. So, you know, it's one down, eight to go. How much damage can can even a poor Beckles be doing there and I don't think he's poor. I think he's a good player. No, so. he's going to work hard yeah. and he's
1: not he's not like, you know, he's not going to do anything um silly. Ridiculous. Um but yeah, exactly. It's um it's um it's one of
0: those things. But um, it, the most interesting, sorry, I was going to cut you off. then, is we 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 sort of talking about the changes, but we we should really mention that um, Dean Henderson wasn't given permission to play, which is odd, isn't it? And so people have... you know, what? Well, my. Why is an interesting question, isn't it? Because he's clearly not going to go back to Man United and play in the FA Cup. You know that's unlikely. <laughs> no. But his contract is out in the summer, and they could want a cash in. You know, you wouldn't think. A but can like,
1: they do that though? He's on loan to us.
0: Yes, I believe they can, and I believe it they terminates can. the loan. So okay. you'd think that if they're looking to sell him to say a good Premiership team or a mid-table Premiership team, you know, even good teams are probably looking at him. But or you know, upper upper Championship teams, they might want him not to be cup-tied. So yeah. I can kind of see why they're sort of covering their investment there, but in all likelihood you know in all likelihood he's not going to move I suppose I should imagine he probably want to see his contract out and take a big signing on fee in in the summer so yeah interesting and and good good for McGivory that he knows he's going to get around the cup now doesn't he but um yeah. yeah it's just a shame to see Henderson not playing any week cuz he is fantastic
1: yeah no it was a bit of a, it is a dis- um, disappointment um, for Henderson but I saw actually Henderson was in um um in- in the board's box, um, yeah. so he was in um, Ronald Richley's box, which is interesting. Yeah. you could see his hair a mile off. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So, and and Craig did really well, didn't he? So, we'll, and we will come on to that a bit later yes. on. We've got quotes from the manager, yeah. but um, yeah, I know you wanted to um talk about um the minute of silence, Glenn.
0: Yeah, so I mean we're going to go into the game now, really, with the, with the team all set up. And the first thing was obviously the minute silence for. Remembrance Sunday, which it was today, and um, yeah, just to say well done for both sets of fans, I know it's a military town, it's an older shot, so there's obviously yeah. a big connection there with, with the military and, and Remembrance Sunday, but um, it was very quiet, and I believe the shoot town stopped the turnstiles, like over recent times, we've not done that, and you've heard people coming in and it being a little bit, you know, noise coming from the concourses, but yeah. it was dead silent. And the only thing you he could hear was the drown of the A5 in the background. So I thought. The odd kid. Personally. Yeah. The, can't blame them for Yeah, that. exactly. But I thought, in general, it was one of the best probably minute silences we've had at the football club. So, yeah, it was just worth respecting the the situation that it's um, reflecting isn't it and yeah both well done to both sets of fans really and and talking about well done to both sets of fans Ollie I guess you've got to say well done to the 420 odd uh, Aldershot fans that made the journey because that's a pretty good turnout isn't it in the FA Cup a a, a big trip like that for them so um, they seem to enjoy their day out they had a bit of banter and a bit of fun didn't they but um, yeah well done to their fans I guess
1: yeah, no, four hundred is a good turnout, isn't it, for a team um, that low down? I mean, know they're not like they have obviously been in the football league. Yes, um, but um, yeah, their average attendance, is, you know, is, is is only like just over two thousand. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, it's not too. It's four hundred is a good is a good number.
0: They must have thought Saturday was a big crowd then. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it was three thousand eight hundred, which brings us to the second point we started to get into the game. Was I mean, you know, I talked with a few people about this, and, I, and initially I thought when he looked around the ground when he got in, and we talked about this, didn't we pre-match when we were having a chat, saying, "Guys, hardly anyone in." You were like, "There's no one in the concourse," isn't there? All the seats, you know, that generally filled in front of me weren't full in block seventeen, and to me, I, I felt a little bit like oh, this is a bit of a disappointment, really. You know, we're doing so well; you'd think people would want to come down. It was. It was cheap for season ticket holders to get their ticket, you know, only £12 extra. It wasn't, you know, too expensive for anyone else to come down and watch a team that are doing so well this season. And, yeah, what what do you put that down to? Because I, I would have thought we'd have been maybe up towards 5,000 or at least 4.5, but 3,800 felt a little bit disappointing to me. But other people were saying, well, it's just the FA Cup in it, the devalued element of it. I, I don't know. what. I'm interested to see what you think about that, really.
1: Um, I think it was um combination of... An extra game um, mm. and you know um, money um, is, is it can be a factor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think um it could be devalued, mm, I think still for lower league fans, I think still yeah. enjoy it probably more yeah. than Premier League. But I think we're a fact we we're playing the older shop. <laughs> I think maybe if we were playing. Um, you know, Tranmere Rovers or Hereford or Telford or someone mm, of an interest. Yes. You know, if you're a if you're a um, you know Shooty Town fan and you think oh, I've got to pay money for this game, and maybe some fans told this is an opportunity to go and do something else for mm. the weekend instead, going to football and and. Th- they were probably right in, terms, in, the end, in terms, you know, it wasn't really a contest. So no. I can, I can see those arguments. Uh, oh,
0: I don't know. I always think though, when you miss a five nil, you do think, oh, I'd quite like to have seen that because you don't get many big victories any season, do you? So yeah, I guess, I guess that's the case. And I know the crowds will be back up for the next home league game, won't they? But yeah, just, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, really, that um, it didn't. It, 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 one of the other things I think I did look at was it was slightly up on last year's first round, but obviously last year we were in the doldrums, weren't we, at that <laughs> point <laughs> in time? So um, yeah. yeah, there we go. It was just an interesting thought, really. But, but um yeah there we go so everyone was in as many as as many as got in there and um yeah it started and all the shots started pretty well didn't they which was st- I already started to think cup shot cup shot but um yeah they didn't do too bad did they from the start
1: no they um, we were told we, by the manager that they were a good passing side um and they showed that straight off um town were very wasteful weren't we, we struggled mm. to cross pass the ball um, and uh, yeah I um, I said I put that Toto struggled you were a little bit more um, <laughs> um, artistic or flamboyant in your discussion What, what how, have you, how would you describe Toto's yeah. first 20 minutes he has
0: a little brain fade every now and again That's what <laughs> I think it's, he does. Um, there was one where he had a little miskick wasn't there and he sort of left the ball behind him and they almost got in and there was another one where he, he then sort of tried well it's the same moment actually he did eventually sort of get his skyward kick back went to clear it and just passed it straight back to them and, and to be fair Toto was really good in the game in general yeah, but he was. Um, in their first 20, 20 minutes he made a couple of sort of noticeable mistakes but um, that was really as bad as it got there but yeah it was a sort of symptomatic of, of a few people who were a little bit sloppy at the start of the game Godfrey started um, his passing wasn't quite as crisp as it was similar to the first half at Peterborough and uh, I thought the Wally and, and partic- Wally particularly struggled to get into the game during that period but um I think we just we 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 didn't have any massive frightening moments from Aldershot shot during that period. We were, we were fairly solid at the back, and um, yeah, we slowly worked our way into the game, didn't we?
1: Yeah, we did. They they didn't threat us at all no. during the game. No. No, I'm sorry worth just making that comment now. Even when they're their best spell, um, we were very. um was nearly said dogged, but dogged would be yeah, almost I think you know an exaggeration. <laughs> it was it was just easy in defence, you know, comfortable. Um, Yeah, comfortable is a better way of describing it. Um, You know, we had our structure, our place, and um, yeah, everyone worked hard. And and you were saying, uh, to be fair to Toto, obviously jumping ahead a little bit, but he was very professional, he was very focused, Mm. um, and especially in the second half, he really wanted that clean sheet and he didn't want to let um, let the manager down. So yeah, um, fair play to him for that. And yeah, it took us a bit of time, didn't it? Um, To um, to kind of come into the game, Um, but then when we did, um, yeah, we were very clinical going forward.
0: We were. I mean, we just before we scored the goal, we had the first sort of good chance of the game where. Um, it was a good ball played through, and Payne got in one-on-one with the goalkeeper. Yeah, that and was Rod- really frustrating. Rodman was up with him, and from where we were sitting in block 17, it looked like, you know, just square it to Rodman and he's got a tap-in, very similar to what happened for Payne when he eventually scored later on in the second half. But um, from what I'm told from people further down the stand, that the Rodman was offside, he'd made his run a little no, bit too okay. early. So
1: I don't, think, I don't think Payne really looked, though, did he? No, he didn't look <laughs> at all, and I
0: think he was lucky. But um, he tried to round the goalkeeper and, and score, and the goalkeeper chipped it off him. And actually, to me, it was a bit disappointing. You would have thought... I would have thought Payne would have just ran yeah. and rolled it in himself, but yeah, that was that was the first good chance we had, and then good goalkeeping. Yeah, good goalkeeping to be fair from the old shot goalkeeper, and it. Well, it didn't take long after that first miss then for us to get the, the first goal, did it? Yep,
1: yeah, no, it was nice, nice bit of play. Um, so it was yeah, first time really kind of got the ball on the deck and started to move the ball around. Um, Warley ran inside, um, and he and one of the things I like about Riley is yeah, he he does push up and he's a bit faster than Bolton, so he pushes up, gets the ball, um, and whips in an absolute curl of a cross. Um, and there's Rodders at the back post, um, kind of a bit of a trademark for him now, isn't mm. it? Um, and he was a really, really sweet header. Goalkeeper had no chance, and um, yeah, um, we were away one nil
0: against his old club as well. So there was that little, uh, little bit of extra for in minute as well, wasn't there for Rodman? So yeah, it was, um, it was a good header. Riley super cross, as you say. Nice little move, and yeah, I th- you know, once we got the first goal, it was a case of uh, let's go and out get out now and get the second and. Uh, to me, as soon as we got that goal, it, we we started playing much more crisp and fluid. It was pretty noticeable then for that first five minutes after the goal that that was just the confidence booster we needed, and, and we played really well. And let's say it wasn't too long. We had a couple more nice little flowing moves, and it wasn't too long then until uh, Rodman was involved again, bursting into the box. Um, goalkeeper clipped him, and then the referee took an absolute age, didn't he, to actually point at the spot, and eventually did, and then yeah, it was a penalty for the town.
1: Yeah, do you think? Do you think it? Uh, first thought, did you think it was a penalty?
0: I thought he was going to book Roman for diving, the way he was running over there.
1: Yeah, I think he... He was, for me, It's clearly a pen. Yeah. Um, but Rodders did kind of like, you know, drag his leg. Um, <laughs> so I think it was a, definitely a penalty. Um, he, he won it. And I think the referee was just taking his time... It, wasn't he wasn't like too long was it he no. did take his time yeah um, but yeah he took his time and, and I just thought the referee was actually quite good actually he did annoy us a little bit in the first half but as the game went on he was very fair and he was quite um, he made most of the time he made good decisions so yeah, yeah another decision there and um, yeah nice penalty f- by Warley so yeah do you want to describe how he took that
0: <laughs> well like all his penalties straight down the middle uh, yeah <laughs> and sometimes he gets away with it and sometimes he doesn't but you know he's I think he missed one in pre-season didn't he and has he missed one yeah. this season somewhere else I think I maybe got a feeling he, he has yeah was high it was, high. He it was it. high wasn't it yeah. uh, yeah. As well high
1: in the center but he generally um,
0: always hits it down the middle um and yeah the keeper obviously didn't do his own work because he didn't stay there he dived and just went straight over him, really didn't it so yeah nice nice finish
1: i guess that's one of the differences isn't it where we'd probably have like danny coin um you know doing a bit of research in the week they just don't have those resources do they
0: nope nope so there we go good for us and that was two yep. mil and then I, I personally thought at that point game over i, I couldn't yeah. see old shot scoring two then so um you know That was, what, 28, 29 minutes in or something like that, wasn't it? And it, it felt a little bit like, well, this is just going to be a bit of a procession from this point on. But, yeah, they didn't really threaten us. There was a moment where Beckles missed a header out in the left, left position and um, they got in down the wing and the ball got pulled back to the order shots on number nine. And I thought maybe that was their best chance of the game. He, he kind of was just behind him and he, he didn't get enough on it and didn't direct on target. So it got defended away, but it looked a good chance at the time. Um, and then yeah I, I did think my, my half of my one of my moments of the half Ollie was there was a ball went flying up miles in the air really high and t- it came to Toto and he picked it out with an unbelievable first touch
1: oh just that was do- a brilliant pass <laughs> it,
0: it just dropped straight at his feet and then he put it took one touch with it then knocked it forward and sprayed a 30 yard pass out to Robin on the wing I was like who where's Rio Ferdinand come from all of a sudden? here So yeah, it was um, it was really good to see Toto with that confidence to do it. You know that you know we all say we worry about having a mistake, but it does show you the class of the lad when he when he's got the ability to do things like that. So um, yeah, that was one of my moments half. And then I suppose one of the, the other things. I mean, we, we're talking about moments here because really the game sort of meandered from that point a little bit towards half time, didn't it? You know, we sort of attacked a bit, they attacked a bit. There were no real clear cut chances there um, from that point onwards, but. Nolan got injured in the first half, didn't he? Um, a bit of a carryover from possibly his knock at Peterborough. Um, so no, well, he's apparently concern. been carrying it for a long time. Oh, really? Um, oh, he's interesting. Got
1: the, yeah, he's got a bit of a, he's got a, bit of a, a muscle strain, which um, he's... You know, they often hear say, don't they, that professional footballers always have something kind of wrong, they never 100% yeah. fit. And, yeah, he's had a bit of a muscle strain, which he's always been kind of able to kind of carry through the games. Um, and he, said he yeah, he felt it a little bit when he went for a header. Um, and yeah, just obviously this point, 2-0, um, absolutely no chance for the game. At this point, yeah, just felt, just had that feeling, didn't it? This was, this was, this game was, we want going to put this game to bed. Yeah, took it off it Nolan it and brought on Ganoe, which, which, which I was hoping Ganoe would actually start this game. Um, mm. So yeah, we kind of, he, he took over Nolan's position. But I thought it was interesting just to kind of point out that by this time, Nolan was playing up front, wasn't he? He was playing in a much more advanced position. So, Hurst was clearly quite um, confident that we're going to kind of take the game to them. He was playing up front but then dropping back, and Gunuma did the same thing. He played um, in that kind of number ten, he number does. nine and a half role um, alongside Payne.
0: It was interesting that he didn't bring Dodds on for that role at that point in time as well. Yeah. I thought because that's Dodds' natural position, isn't it? And I know he came on later, but I thought it was really good to going to get a good long run out. And um he was involved straight away, wasn't he? he? Came on, chased the ball down, and won a corner straight away, basically. So got straight into the game and got straight up with the pace of it. So yeah, I thought he was reasonably solid during the game. We'll, we'll come to what he did in the second half, but. Um, yeah, there we go, and that, that was it really, it came, sort of came through to half-time, and one thing I noticed as they were going off for half-time, I don't know if you saw that, was the number 26 for Aldershot, who I think was probably their best player. Um, he was oh, well, I, I
1: wouldn't say that, I'd say uh, their striker was their best player. He was,
0: yeah, he was alright as well, the, the big yeah. nine. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. held it up quite well. The twenty six was probably there. I would think he was the one that I thought was going to, if they were going to find a killer pass, it was going to come from him. Um, but he went over and over to the All Shop fans and he sort of was putting his hand up to say sorry, you know, wave at them and say sorry. Because I think, you know, he must have either thought, well, they, they thought that was a crap 1st half performance, which it wasn't great, to be honest with you. Or, you know, lads, I know we're pretty much done here because we're playing the team top of League One who haven't lost all season at home and we're 2-0 down at half-time. You know, he must have had a thought in his head that it was game over then as well. So I thought it was interesting that you know they knew that they were already basically screwed at that point in time. So um, yeah, he, he wandered off and uh, yeah, it was half-time and we had a bit of entertainment, didn't we, Ollie? Did you see that?
1: Yeah, we did. Um, we had um, a choir from Africa. The Pearl of inspired.
0: Africa. Yeah, they've been before a few times and um, yeah, it's always good to have something going on at half-time. It was Tremendously brilliant of Shrewsbury Town, classic Shrewsbury Town that they started doing their singing in front of the West Stand, and then decided to put the tannoy on and play some unbelievably loud dance music, which I thought it didn't really go with the uh, Pearl of Africa singing, but they turned it down after thirty seconds, thank God. But um, yeah, it was it was good to see them come back. And there was, did you see the kid that did the um, somersaults yeah. all the way down the yeah, pitch? Yeah, he did. Yeah, flipping heck, he got some skills, has not he?
1: Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's, um, yeah, a bit of an athlete when he's bouncing down the, down the pitch.
0: I think Hurst, do you want to check if you can play football? it it'd be, uh, be an entertainment to watch. And uh, yeah, so we go half time, shoot past, and then into the second half. And uh, it was a case of how many we were going to score, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. It, well, but I would say we were in second gear still. Yep. <laughs> we never really kind of got out of that kind of pace. Um, it was quite, it um, was quite an easy, easy performance. Um, and yeah. Um, didn't take too long, did it, for um for us to kind of create another chance? And yeah, Godfrey burst forward, uh, plays in Warley. Who and where was the fullback? And this was the thing of the second half: the fullbacks um, for the shot went missing, didn't they? Yeah. So so Wally's run into space um, and then he squares it for pain um, and then just passes it into the back of the net. A very, very um, simple um, counter-attacking goal. Good tackle by Godfrey, um, something we've, seen, we've come to expect from him. Um, he was right on the midfielder. Uh, and then, yeah, it was, it was a nice little team goal.
0: Yeah, it was a really good goal and uh, yeah, Payne will be happy if he gets a few more tap-ins like that this season, only because it was not the hardest finish he'll ever have, but um, No, it's not the hardest finish. Yeah, but good I team mean, was,
1: goal, good vision from Godfrey um, to see Payne um, to see Wally and Wally was obviously unselfish um, and also put um a perfect ball to, for Payne. Yeah. Yeah, so so good for him.
0: Yeah, he couldn't miss. And it's interesting, I mean that during this period here we're about to talk about these three goals um that we scored in like 8 minutes, was it? I think it was something like that. I thought that one of the mistakes shot made in the second half was they were two 0 down and they thought, well, we better go for this. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you're right about saying their right and left backs went missing a few times because they went, they got too high. They played, a, yep. they played an even higher line. Um, and as such, it gave us even more space to work. You know, our attacking moves into, and all it took was them doing that for 15 minutes, and we got these three goals basically. So yeah, that was the first example of it. Um, we also almost scored just before that as well. I don't know if you saw that. It was when um, we had a corner, which again we we got because they would pushed up, and uh, Rodman had a little flick right like in front of the goalkeeper after Toto won a header, and the keeper made an unbelievable save on the goal line and sort of pushed it up over the bar. So we could even have scored before that, and then obviously got the uh, got the goal from Payne, and then the next one. Old uh, Ganua, who'd only come as got a sub, got his first goal at home, I think it might be. Well, maybe not. I don't know. I'm not I'm too sure about that. But um, <laughs> it, it was a decent finish, that one, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was a nice finish. Um, very clinical, right to the top of the net, mm. um, which was quite funny. But one thing that I was going to mention about uh, about Godfrey, I'd say Godfrey dominated the park, the oh, okay. field. Too easy. Um, but that wasn't really the opinion of um, of a journalist. <laughs> I saw that. For shot, <laughs> yeah. And he said that... Um, and one of their players was the, the best player, and he dominated midfield, causing Shrewsbury to panic in possession. Yeah,
0: and he also gave one of their attacking players, who I didn't even notice, didn't cause us any threats, and got subbed off after 60 minutes of seven. So I was like, wow. <laughs> and he was like one of the top three scorers in the team, so I'm not quite sure. I mean, yeah, clutching at straws there, but yeah, it was a bit, bit weird, that, um, a bit of a that weird report, report from Walshrop. But yeah. yeah, Godfrey, it looked too easy for Godfrey all day, didn't it, to be honest with you. It was in, he was in absolute cruise control for most of the game, so um anyone that went near him he just brushed brushed him off and got the ball back didn't he so yep. um there we go but again credit to rodman for the for this for the fourth goal Ganua's goal um he he had his man on toast all afternoon didn't he and again he was probably playing three quarter two thirds you know normal pace um just stood his just stood his man up then dropped his shoulder went past him lovely little cut back and A good finish. So yeah, there we go. It was 4-0. So yeah, and then at that point, Oli, I thought shot had totally gone. I mean, they weren't in the game at 2-0. They weren't in the game at 3-0. 4-0, they were just out of it, basically. So yeah, they were were absolutely out of it. And their heads went down. And um, that's why we got the fifth goal, really, because we just came straight back up and straight away. And uh, Carlton Morris, had just been subbed on, basically went for a little jaunt up the field and smashed one into the top of the net, didn't he? So, yeah, it was another good finish.
1: It was a nice finish and also a nice bit of build-up play again. It was, um, yeah, that um, odd... Um, I can't pronounce the guy's name, but the guy who um, apparently was boss midfield um, got <laughs> tackled number eight for, um, for order shot, got pinched by um, Godfrey. Yeah. He quickly ball the ball to Warley was in good place who played a beautiful um through ball. Class, completely yeah. yeah, completely um broke their offside trap. Um Morris took three touches and the third one was um yeah, bang in the back of the net. Really tight finish just yeah. under, the, under the crossbar. Um so yeah, that was that was a nice goal and by then it was almost like you didn't even really feel the need to kind of stand up and celebrate. It was almost too easy, wasn't it?
0: Mm, it was a lot of easy 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 chance there, wasn't yeah. there? And uh, the Aldershot fans started ripping it out of their own team, didn't they? Then they were like, We are yeah. effing, you know, whatever. And the Town fans were saying it as well. So, one, well, yeah, I'm sure that coming a long way from Aldershot and losing 5 0 wasn't what they wanted to see. But, you know, right. like, surely they had to realise the sort of standard of opposition they were playing against. You know, we are the highest ranked team in the cup. So, you know, they had probably the hardest draw out of everybody in the whole of the yep. FA Cup, didn't they? So,
1: and they are 50 plus places below us in the yeah, pyramid. So, exactly, a-
0: and then. What did you make of the rest of the game after that goal? Because I was looking back at my Twitter account where I kind of put my notes and go back, and I didn't really put anything for the rest of the game because it just sort of it was a case of whether we'd take any of our other chances. But we just sort of stood off and let them have a bit of the ball. We had a bit of the ball. We had a few chances. They had a couple of half chances, but nothing really happened. Then did it for the rest of the game?
1: No, it didn't. I um, (laughs) I was trying to think back, and normally I. um... Yeah, just I just watch the game, of the of the match. I know you do your Twitter thing. I kind of, mm. yeah, I've tried doing it in the past, but I feel like I um missed the game, so I, I normally rely on the um, extended highlights to help us out um, yeah. with the agenda, and there wasn't any for this, uh, <laughs> and. I can't really remember who had chances, if I'm honest. Yeah. But we did create more chances. Again, in second gear, just cruising along. Um, and we could have scored more, couldn't we, um, yes. by this time? We could have we could have won the game 7-0 um, quite easily. Yeah, um,
0: Yeah. Payne had a couple more chances. And um, yeah. so did Carlton Morris as well. But we had a, I think we had one long shot. Bryn Morris had a long shot as well. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. You know, they, don't, they weren't exactly you know, shots and and chances that live long in the memory, like, um, so yeah, there you go, it was, that
1: was it, and... So (laughs) 5-0, so it's a bit of an odd one, so I kind of, like, um, got home, uh, talking to Bex about the game, and I said, oh, how did it go? I said, yeah, it was 5-0, but it was a bit boring, because it wasn't a contest, was it? They had more possession than us, which was obviously, you know, would be surprising if, you know, if you just kind of looked at the stats, and they had quite a few corners, and, you know, they had a bit of possession, but... It was easy, wasn't it? We were very clinical going forward. Took our chances, and yeah, it was a thought. It was a bit odd, but yeah, we kind of uh, we made reference to it before. But I thought old Shot's tactics were a bit strange. They kind of they played their natural game, which obviously used to play possession football and play a high yeah. line. Um, but against a Shrewsbury side, which um, yeah, we you know we've got quite a bit of pace in the side, yeah. and we were just clinical, weren't we? And we just put the, put them to the sword, and they didn't really have much of a response.
0: It was it was silly what they did, personally, in my view. You know, the, the best chance they had was potentially getting a draw and taking us back to their place on a Tuesday night in a game we didn't want to play, and maybe beating us there because, they, they you know, playing that high tempo attacking football and with a high line, they're never going to beat us. The, most yeah. of our best football this season has been on the break, and if you were doing your research and you've been doing, you know, you even looked at the last few games, you'd think that's a silly tactic to play against Shrewsbury Town, and so. Yeah, I would have probably come apart the bus if I was the Aldershot manager, and you know yeah. it wouldn't have been a problem. you look at some of the other teams in who sort of got reasonable results against league teams yesterday, and um, you know they they were sort of low scoring draws or, or nil nil draws. You know, Shop, uh, we we talked about Peterborough last week, didn't we, and about how I thought they were a pretty good team, and they played pretty much the same team as played against us, and only drew one one with Tranmere. So. You know, there's the opportunity to go there and play defensively and get them back to your place because you, you certainly got the odds in your favour then. So, yeah, brave of all shot. You've got to commend them for having a go. Like a lot of teams that we played recently, like Plymouth, didn't have a go. Yeah, um, Plymouth but Fleetwood. Yeah, it exactly. Just... But it wasn't. It wasn't the right tactic, unfortunately. No. And um, I'm sure their manager will learn from that.
1: Yeah, well, he said it was a difficult afternoon. You know, they're sitting top of League One for a reason, and you could see that. Um, he said we are very clinical with our finishing. Um, he said we did create a lot of chances. Um, we let them to get. It. We allowed them in a few times. Um, and one of their, their uh, media guy asked him, "You know, is there any lessons from this?" And he was like, "No, not really. Um, <laughs> oh, any, any any positives from today? No. We're going on the get on." Not- and he literally said, "We're getting on the coach now and going home." Oh God! <laughs> so um, poor guy. No, he, he Come said it with in in <laughs> you know a kind of jokey kind of jokey kind of way, kind of thing. But he was like basically like you know we came to the best team in League One. Um, in terms of the league performance, um, and yeah, we lost. <laughs> not, much yeah. Re- not much really to say. No. Um, so, yeah, so that was that. And um, yeah, so um, in terms of perf- performance, um, what's your top three, Glenn?
0: Um, my top three were, uh, I think we've gone for the same, but I've gone for uh, Rodman for my man of the match. I thought, um, I know we got subbed off quite early, to be honest with you, which is. Which says something about how well he was playing. But um, yeah, he was utterly motivated against the team he used to play for. Um, scored a great header, set a goal up, and was a constant threat to the, to the winger, to the winger and defender he was sort of up against in the game. So I thought he was he was as he was as good as we've seen again this season. Um, I gave second place to Bryn Morris. I mean, I know Godfrey was really good, um, but I thought. It was the first chance Brins had to come in and play a reasonably, you know, good game in midfield from the start, and I don't think he let us down. I thought he had a, an assured touch. I thought he was, was good with his passing. and yeah, I thought it was nice to see him get a good game and, and, and him actually not let us down. So I gave second to Brin and I gave third to Payne purely just because I love Payne's work rate and um, even in a game like Aldershot, and I know we were cruising, you, you work, you watch his work off the ball, and he didn't stop running and chasing yeah. everything, and you know. We were finding him up at one point and he was still chasing down lost causes into the corners and, and throw-ins and stuff. So I, I gave him it for his sheer work rate. But I do appreciate that you, you've gone for Godfrey as well and he, he could easily have been in my top three. But um, yeah, Robben, Bryn and Payne were mine.
1: Yeah, they were the kind of standout four players. And Toto yes. as well. He was in he, you know, yes. five actually. If he had to mention five, they would be the top five. Yeah. Um yeah, I, Payne was good actually. There was quite a few times, wasn't there, when they were passing the ball around, and it was quite a pedestrian pace of the game. Um yes. he didn't give up, did he? And he kept, yeah. it. and he was almost like I almost got the. I thought to myself that he doesn't want to lose this starting position in the next game. Uh, that's why he's working hard, and it's something that. Um, you know the management team will different appreciate and look at his stats. So I went for Rodders first. Um, I didn't realise actually the game. I don't know if it was been just kind of just yeah just sitting back and not really thinking too much about this game. But um, watching it back and also hearing BBC Shropshire and watching the goals back, actually Rodders had a big, much bigger impact on the game than I realised yeah. at the time. I was so surprised at first when they were mentioning his his name. But yeah, looking back, he he was key and you know and he really kind of had a key impact in the game. And then I went for Ben Godfrey because he just won so many tackles and. A lot of his tackles also then, as we've explained, turned into goals. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Bryn Morris was just tidy, wasn't he? He didn't make, yes. he didn't really make any mistakes. Um, you know, when we were sloppy in the first half, he was not to blame. Um, and yeah, it was just good to see him back in a town shirt. So yeah, that's good to have him back.
0: It's nice to know that we can rely on Bryn if we yeah. do have an injury to. Um and I think he'll Nolan. fight and for, also for Nolan, got, Yeah. Go on, sorry, mate. Sorry so he,
1: he'll definitely. I think he's definitely going to be putting pressure on go and Nolan now. Um, so that's going to be interesting, and that's obviously that's great for um, competition.
0: Yeah, if, you know, it's nice to know we've got cover there. You know, like we lose Brown and we worry about the cover we've got, but certainly central midfield three four, we've obviously got cover with Bryn and, and Adams as well, who. Um, who came on and had a little go at the end, didn't he, as well. He, he was solid, didn't really do anything bad, didn't really stand out as, as, as you know, he was going to let us down either. So, yeah, that's a nice place. You know, we've got to play three central midfielders in this tactic, so it's nice to have at least two backups in that position. So, yeah, I think that's fair enough in the top three. I mean, one player we haven't put in our top threes that is worth just a quick discussion on, Ollie is um, the performance of the goalkeeper, McGivillery. Because... Yep. You know, he's played quite a few games now in the Cup and, and standing in for Henderson when we've been uh, when he's been away on loan, uh, on loans, sorry, international duty.
1: He's played second fiddle, hasn't he? So that's also kind of, you know, mentally kind of straining in terms of, you know, coming to work every day and you know there's this kid who's immense um, and then you've got to kind of play when he's not around. Um, but he has done really well and he was key, wasn't he? So um, him and Toto were kind of, I think, you know, between those two, they're the guys that really drove that clean sheet home.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I just—it was—I've seen him play a few times, and I've not thought he was a bad goalkeeper. I've not thought he was an excellent goalkeeper. But I actually watched him on Saturday, and I thought now he's—he's decent. He's a decent goalkeeper, and. His, you know we've commended Henderson for his command of the area, haven't we, all season, and yep. um, the way he comes out and just easily plucks balls out of the sky, and we, we didn't see that too much with Lutweiler, so it's a different type of goalkeeping, you know, he tends to come out and punch or he'd stay down his line, and I'd say that, you know, McGivlery on Saturday was just as good as Henderson had been recently in yep. terms of that that part of the game. He obviously didn't have any shot, real saves to make, to be honest with you, in the game. He had a couple he? of
1: shots he had to capture, didn't he? But yeah, were none, of, none of them were worldies.
0: Yeah, exactly, he didn't have that sort of outstanding save you remembered from the game, but in all, in general play, I thought you know his kicking was solid, and you know again there's another option there that. If Henderson goes away to an international game for the M21s and gets injured, suddenly we've got to play him. Again, I'm not overly concerned. I think he's a solid, good League One goalkeeper that we can rely on. So I'd like to see him play a bit more and, and you'll, you'll sort of understand his weaknesses and his strengths. But yeah, I just thought it was worth giving him a, a props really because we haven't seen too much of him um, other than the, the Cup games. And um, yeah, he was I thought he was really good on Saturday.
1: Yeah, int- here's a question for you then, Glenn. Do you think he's better than Neutweiler?
0: Oh, I don't. Too early to tell. Too early, too early to tell. To tell. You know me, I like Lutweiler, okay. to be honest with you. Fair enough. Yeah, a little bit too early to tell. And I, and I understand the, the difference, you know, we, the more we see this now, the more comparing Lookweiler to McGivley or Henderson is a difficult thing because they're quite, you wouldn't think goalkeepers can be different, but that difference between the European style of coming out and punching everything and a British style of coming and dominating the box and picking it out of the air and holding it is, is quite interesting, isn't it? And obviously everybody has their own favourite type of goalkeeping, don't they? Like, you know... I, I, I know people that don't like look wild as goalkeeper and they thought he used to come out and punch too much and would rather that he did what Henderson and, and McGivery do. So it's difficult to compare the two, but yeah. yeah. His distribution's
1: know. good though, isn't it, McGivery? So so moving on, so before we get to <laughs> Paul Hurst's um, comments, um, the three-word match reports, and there was a lot of them um, shared again this week, so thanks to the guys that did that, and yeah, apologies for those who don't get mentioned. Um, so Anthony Yang went for five-star performance, which was, yep. Yep, was quite nice. Um, James Hill was um, clinical and efficient. Um, Daniel Simmons was professional, confident, clinical. Um, Matthew Ashton was yeah five goal fest. Um, Plymouth had the same as you, Glenn. which yeah, you know, he went easy, easy, easy. Um, yeah, Damon Smith was drowning the shots. Um, Adrian Perkins of five different scorers. Um, and Andrew Woodard as um yeah kind of linking forward. He said Hereford next, please. So that oh,
0: yeah, good. I I also put another one up, Ollie, which was promotional cup.
1: <laughs> yeah, I th- I think I'm I'm greedy. Uh, and Hurst would I I'm with Hurst on this one. We should why should we. Don't put one above yeah. the other and just go for both.
0: No, I agree. I think we could probably win the FA Cup and Cup this year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So um,
0: my mum was going, "What odds would you get on? between to win the FA Cup, then to me at lunchtime today, I was like. Mum, save you £5. Don't, don't yeah. worry about putting it on that. I said, put it on promotion. You might actually get some money back from that. So she was like, will you go in the bookies and do it for me? I was like, oh, God.
1: I think um, I, th- I think putting on the promotion, um, shoes between promotion you're too late, I think.
0: Yeah, well, you still get some good odds on it. You? you won't certainly make as much money as you and other guys did at the start of the season, I'd imagine. But yeah. There we go. There we go. So yeah, Paul Hurst, you, you mentioned a few of his comments before, but um yeah, he was obviously delighted with the scoreline. What else did he have to say?
1: Yeah, so he was pleased um he was pleased. Not um, not only the influence of how we played in his and that's almost an important thing and you hear it quite a lot now actually on the media in the football managers. They talk about almost the difference between the results and the performances. Mm-hmm. And um, Doigie always says this when he gets interviewed as well. He always talks about the performances rather than the results. Um, and it wasn't the best performance, but it was good enough, wasn't it? Um, he said we could have scored more. It was a game that is expected, so he seemed quite pleased about that in terms of um, you know they were going to have the ball. Bit good bit to play, but rule when we when we ran with the ball, which is a really good observation, as you mm-hmm. would expect from the Shrewsbury Town manager. manager uh, yeah. That um, you know they were very vulnerable when Worley um, and, and Rodman um, were running. And that was, yeah, that was that was clear to see. Um, and, um, yeah, BBC Shropshire mentioned to him about the five goal scorers, and he hadn't thought of that um, at the time, and he smiled. And then he also mentioned that um, he put Morris on and he scored straight away, so he took a bit of pride in that. <laughs> um, and, yeah, he was mentioning Toto and Craig, as we mentioned as well, in terms of their performance in defence. And there was one Ouch. bit, wasn't there, where Toto did those two kind of block tackles, and he was like, yes. you know, you shall not pass. Um, and he was, yeah, he was a brute at that point. So fair play to him. So yeah, that was, that was what um, Paul Hurst had to say. And um, yeah, it was a, it was, it was an enjoyable day. Um, start of winter, I'd say. I Had my STS gloves out for the first time. Yeah, it's getting a bit nippy, isn't it? Yeah, it is, to be yeah. Fair? So yeah, so I guess um, I guess you were pleased with the performance overall, Glenn, To kind of summarise.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, was, you know, you're not going to complain about senior team win five nil, right? Everyone out with a with a smile on their faces, and it was you know a big nice round of applause for everyone as they as they left the pitch, and yeah, getting used, to, you know, still unbeaten at home as well. So getting used to leaving the meadow this season when they seeing us uh, lose. So yeah, there we go. I think it's. Um, that's the end of, you know, that game in the FA Cup and we'll, we'll look forward to the next uh, round now because we're going to uh, go on and do a bit of salad News, aren't we? Because we've got a couple of talking points. So, um, yeah, we'll go on to salad News. Surely will
1: be... won. Could be Jemson the other way. one came close. Jemson! <laughs>
0: Deserved. So, welcome to Salop News. It's been a while since we did Salop News, Ollie, isn't it? Because uh, we've just gone straight into predictions normally, because not too much was happening around the club. Everything was going swimmingly. But, um, yeah, we've got two things to talk about this week, I guess. The first is the uh, impending FA Cup draw on Monday yep. night, which uh, we shall see what we get. And then, obviously, this week there has been the first sort of rumblings about Paul Hurst potentially leaving the football club and a link with Sunderland. So, um, I, I thought that was worth talking about, really. So, We'll start with the FA Cup draw, Ollie. I think, uh, yeah, <laughs> who do you want <laughs> is the answer, I suppose. And uh, yeah, go on, go from there.
1: Yeah, I think Hereford would be a good one. Um, Wouldn't it? Would be nice. Or, um, yeah, Boreham Wood, because I like that connection from someone at work, um, an odd connection um, there. So, yeah, so as Hurst said, first fancies a home tie and the easiest one possible. So if I can't have someone close to myself in terms of location, um, then yeah, home tie and someone easy and get through to next round yourself?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Uh, I quite like the fact that Tranmere could beat Peterborough in the replay and get Mickey Mellon and Tranmere down here. (laughs) I'd like to think we'd absolutely destroy them. Yeah, Um, and also give him a lot of abuse.
1: It'd be quite good fun, that wouldn't it, 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 to be
0: honest with you. So um, yeah, that's one to look out for. But yeah, we're number 12 in the draw, aren't we, in the the draws on BBC2 or BT Sport, if you've got BT Sport on Monday at 7 Um, o'clock. So yeah, I noticed Paul Hurst was asked about it and he said that he would fancy a home tie, obviously, so would all of us, and uh, the easiest one possible. So to me, I think I'd be quite happy if we ended up drawing a poor League 2 or a a reasonable non-league team again at home. Grimsby, are they still in it? Yeah, well who knows, I don't know, I should have a look actually, but um, there wasn't many Cup Shocks today in the the games that were played on the Sunday, there was a couple yesterday wasn't there, but... um, BT picked uh, BBC picked all these games to go on their Sunday highlight show today, didn't they? And pretty much every non-league team got knocked out. We were playing a league team, so yeah. Sometimes they, they, they're trying to get these cup shocks, but it's it's hard to manufacture it or, or find the right one, isn't it? But
1: yeah, I think also the the kind of the the fitness and the analysis seems to have worked its way down to the lower levels levels mm. of the football league now, um, and that seems to have. Um, you know, kind of created the gulf between um, the lower leagues even more. You know, in the last few years, you'd see teams come up from League 2, wouldn't you, and do quite yep. well in League 1. But the scene does seem to be a bit more of a gulf these years. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting one maybe to monitor in the next few years. Um, it's not the ball then, Ollie. <laughs> no, yeah, this, that was a bit, had a bit of debate, wasn't it? Where Pep Guardiola doesn't like the um, the league ball. I um, know, no mean you have different opinion um, no. on, on that. Yeah.
0: I think I think some, people, yeah, I I don't think it can really be a difference maker. But obviously, I can understand that people think or, or professional footballers can probably say it's a different ball. You know, we've seen it for years and years, haven't we? With the World Cup comes around and teams suddenly say, oh well, this is not like the ball we play with week in week out. But um, I, I don't think it's a difference maker, and I certainly don't think it would have made any difference because obviously the football league play with that Nike ball don't they whereas the conference teams and the Premiership teams play with a different ball week in week out and so yeah there was some indications that conference teams were being a bit hamstrung by the fact they're not playing with their regular ball but honestly
1: i don't yeah, think the, they can. It was a, the thing the thing i found a bit strange was like a, there's a debate on facebook about it and um for me it was more of a, i don't i can if if Pep Guardiola was saying that all the players in the Wolves game and the, sorry all the Man City players are saying all the players are saying it um, and the Aldershot players and the Shooter players are also mentioning it. Um, I don't know why you'd, people would question them. And also, um, I found something from Mite um, uh, who come out and said, we totally appreciate it. the ball feels different, and that's why we made sure competing teams have sent the ball ahead of the tournament, yeah, so yeah. they're aware of a difference. Um, as well. So yeah, obviously it's it's only a, a small thing, but um yes. yeah, it's um it's it, but I think there is definitely a difference between the balls. But yeah.
0: I don't I don't disagree with that, Ollie, as well. I do agree with you. There is a difference between the balls. I just think that it doesn't it's not a difference maker. No. Especially when you're playing with golfs in class like us in Aldershot or Man City and Wolves. So there we go. It was it's an interesting one though, isn't it? But I thought definitely. I'd be a bit <laughs> a bit annoying and just mention it because <laughs> there was quite a debate on online this week, wasn't it? Yeah. But um there we go, so that's the draw. And then the most interesting thing to happen last week, other than the football, was um, suddenly Paul Hurst being linked with the Sunderland job, um, who are obviously only a few places above us in the Football League anyway now. One but, place. <laughs> uh, and they lost yesterday. Lost today as well, lost to Middlesbrough, um, which is obviously a bit of a kick in the teeth, one of your local rivals. And the link initially was was sort of touted as... Paul Hurst would be interested in taking the Sunderland. Well, he was
1: which, interested. It was, yeah. it was actually the guy from Sky Sports who said, Paul Hurst has said he wants to go to Sunderland, which mm. is quite a strong statement. And then yeah. Paul Hurst has said he hasn't spoken to anyone. And that's basically <laughs> a big load of um, of horse manure.
0: Yeah, it gets everyone excited when you see things like that, doesn't it? Well, not excited, excited but, annoyed. Well, not excited, but like, you know, I'm quite proud that our manager's yeah. being linked with a big job like that because it does show the work he's done for us. But... To me, it's not. It's more about. It's to me, it's more about the link that. He, not more about the link with Sunderland. It's more about the first time we've had to deal with this as a fan base. Yeah, and no doubt if it will have not shit be shit managers. Yeah, exactly. No doubt this won't be the last time we have to deal with rumours of Paul Hurst moving to here, there, and everywhere because every time a job comes up this is going to be within his sphere of influence, say from mid-table championship down to well,
1: Or even know, above to, that, to, I'd say anyone yeah, exactly, in the championship.
0: Yeah, and and so all the Sheffield teams, all the teams up north that potentially is a bit of fit for him. You know, even Sunderland, it's a pretty How is a Sunderland,
1: I heard there there's some kind of connection to him to Sunderland, but I don't know if that was someone just making that up.
0: Uh, no, I think it's just because it's closer to home, isn't yeah. it? Sheffield, but,
1: I know. Don't know, it's a long way still.
0: If they wanted him, would you blame him for going? There's a question.
1: At this point, um, I'll take, I'll, I'll, I won't answer your question, but I, I'll almost make <laughs> my own question. So I think if he went to Sunderland now or another club, he would be foolish um, mm. because he hasn't actually achieved anything. So no. he, he saved us from relegation and he's built a great team. Um, and his, as him and Doigie always keep pointing out, you know we haven't achieved anything yet. There's a long way to go. So I think if he was to go to a car crash club that is Sunderland, one odd question yeah. is sanity because it's clearly a, a corrupt <laughs> club. It's a corrupt club, isn't it? It's fundamental. Yeah. It is a, if, it was, um, if it was a tree... Um, you'd cut it down um and, and you know and get rid of it. It's you know it's so if you're gonna go to a club I'd expect him to go to a much better club rather than that mm-hmm. and where we can actually implement things because clearly there's something wrong there. And yeah, kinda of go back to my other point, he hasn't achieved anything yet. So I think he'd be surprised if he if he went um before the end of the season if you know, I'd be surprised if he stayed a bit longer, but yeah, who knows? He's a good manager, and uh, yeah, good luck to him. I think all Shooter fans, fans, you know, are really pleased with his performance. Um, but I don't know. Would you disagree with that, Glenn? Do you think you know? Would you be surprised if he went this season? I,
0: I I'm fifty fifty on it. I don't doubt the man. At this quite point, no. So,
1: sorry, I'll be a more specific of the question. Would you be surprised if Paul Hurst went before the end of the year?
0: Not not before the end of the year, unless unless a Sheffield job came up. I do think there's a there's a real pull there, but. Any other club I think he could fend off until the summer. I, I honestly yeah. don't think he probably will leave this summer. But you this, get my this, point this... about yes. doing something. Yeah, I do. But I, I think that there is there are parallels with other things that happened. And you look at Burton when they went up that season. Now, they didn't just have one manager. Jimmy Ford Hasselbank started them, them managing them. Jimmy Ford Hasselbank got poached by QPR in the December and then um, Clough came back, didn't he? And he, he sort of saw them over the line to the promotion. And how did that so turn out? That was exactly going to be my point, because who did who did better? Well, it's all right. You, 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 it's the same point that most people would have picked up on it, that Hassamank's career took a massive hit, didn't it? That he ended up at a QPR team that were probably in a bit of a mess as Again, well. Again, you know, another with, club like Sunderland in, in a yeah, mess. And, and he couldn't turn it around and has now sort of had to re- restart his career at Northampton. So he's he's back a level below where he was at that point in time. So there's certainly parallels there. And it's a huge yeah. risk for Hurst to make a move now to a, to a club that's in absolute Term all like Sunderland, so that you know it, it is interesting. I did a piece for the um, the Sunderland fanzine this week, and it was sort of talking to them about Hurst and, and his and his um his 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 qualities, and it felt a little bit like two-faced. It felt like I was trying to sell him, sell him off. He's so good that you know I wanted them to take him, but I didn't. I just wanted to to set out how good of a manager he is and the job he's done. And he, the guy that did the fantasy piece said he's had so much feedback from people reading it saying, "Oh, Pulis could be the man for us. He sounds like the sort of man that could sort our defence out." And he be is, realistic. And <laughs> he is. He would probably do a good job at Sunderland and if he um, was
1: given if he had the fallback in of the leadership. You almost exactly. heard today he with Conte dropped um, David Luiz because these players yeah. have too much. But I was like going back to you know some of the the the, the, the jokes that you hear about Sunderland. It's a, it is a big club, um, mm. and it would be a great job, I think. But the trouble is, if he if the chairman wasn't intent on selling. I think, yeah, maybe it would be a good one. But anyway, Hurst doesn't want to go anywhere. So hopefully, hopefully not. not. Hopefully no, exactly. not. We don't I, know, I, obviously.
0: Yeah. It will not be the last time between now and, say, you know, January, February that we see him linked with a big job. I, I'll bet you that. And be oh, definitely. Jobs
1: up. It's easy. It's lazy. But I did actually look. He's, um, he's 25 to 1. And there's probably about another 10 or 15 managers who got better odds than yes. him at the moment. Yeah.
0: But he was 12. Twelve, twelve, and eighteen to one at various points after it got announced. So, yeah, obviously the betting had changed around, but it looked to me like he's drifting. And it seems to me from everything the Sunderland fan was saying to me is that the the is it Ellis short their chairman? I think he is. Yeah, he'll is. just go out. He'll just go out and get a bloody Allardyce or someone else who yeah. will we, we'll just be in the same situation in three years' time. And he was utterly convinced that we'll be playing them next season if we if we don't go up. So <laughs> there we go. They seem destined to relegation, Sunderland. And yeah. Uh, yeah, oh well, good luck to them. Um, yeah. So there we go. That was the end of setup news, really. So. We'll just move on to predictions, Ollie. Which uh, again, we both got the right score last week. We we did not get the right score line though. So, yeah, point to us both, um, and we'll update the scores next week. But um, yeah, we should just say before we get into the next prediction, Ollie, we won't be back next Sunday, will we? Because no. there is no football other than an EFL Trophy game, of which we're not doing the podcast just for that. No, are we?
1: it doesn't make any sense to it.
0: <laughs> no, so we are not playing because the Charlton games got called off um, due to Charlton getting international call-ups and. Dean Henderson's also obviously going to be away, so it means we won't be missing him for a game, which is good. Um, so we don't play again now till the eighteenth of November. Um, and if Wigan don't win next weekend by the eighteenth of November, we'll still be top. So fingers crossed that they're not. And I think that we're going to play in. I think they're playing Bradford at home, so it's another top of the table clash. So yeah, I'll be hoping for Bradford win actually. Or, or I don't know. Will I? Or do you want the gap to the? Do you want the gap to Wigan or do you want the gap to Bradford? What would you rather?
1: Um, a gap to Bradford. I don't. I think it's okay. too early to. to, to yeah, the to focusing too much on the league. I, I know you love top. the stats and you love the the league <laughs> tables. But if we both have our our yeah obsessions. I'd say yeah the the, the league table at this point. Yeah, i stick sticking with Hurst and Doigates. It's nice Fair to be top, definitely. But um, I think um, looking at other people's results and stuff, um, a bit too early in the season. Yeah. yeah.
0: True enough. I just like using the "We Are Top of the League" intro to the you podcast. You do, and then we can keep that. For,
1: we can keep that for for a bit longer. So, yeah, okay,
0: that's good. Um, yeah, so we're playing Rotherham on the 18th of November, which is a long
1: way away. <laughs> yeah,
0: and it's also a tricky game, Ollie.
1: Yeah, it will be tricky. Um, a good, interesting one. Um, we think you'll go for this one.
0: I will definitely be going to this one. I'm taking the children. I was trying to convince my dad to come with me uh, on fireworks night tonight, but um, he was like, "I have to check my diary." But yeah, so I'll definitely be there with the kids. Might might be home with my dad as well, but. Um, yeah, I've been to the. I think I've been to the Rotherham Stadium once when it first opened that first season. Um, but I've not been there since.
1: No, I've not been to the new one. So, yeah, this one's going to be a tough one because they're a good team, aren't they, Rotherham? And obviously, the um, the trouble with making this prediction is, um, obviously, there's a few games they're playing. Doncaster away, yeah, exactly. um, on the eleventh of November. Um, and, and unlikely for that to be um, called off, um, yeah, and so that's a, that's actually a midday game. Obviously for um, obviously for local rival differences. Yeah, right. So yeah, so I guess yeah, so um, so I don't know. Should I go first on this one? You can do if you want. Yeah, yeah. I've got a score in my head. So yeah, well. I think um, I'm going to go for a two-all draw.
0: <laughs> I was going to go for one-one. Uh, one Okay. Quite tight. Yeah, I, I'd like to think we'll get a point there. And be I think they're that both they're
1: they're they're quite a free-scoring team. Um, they yep. do let quite a lot of goals in though. So yeah, they've they've beat um they um, they lost in the FA Cup, which is interesting to crew. Um they lost to Gillingham as well. But then they drew 3-0 wow. with Oxford. They lost to they lost to Wimbledon 3-1 as well. So they're not on a good run then? No. So um do we go back and change our prediction? Glenn? No.
0: Stick with it. A point would still be good, Ollie.
1: Yeah, but you know, we will be even <laughs> further ahead of Bradford then if we won. <laughs> yeah, but,
0: but I say they might smash Doncaster and yeah. be looking really confident by the time we play him, so so who knows, yeah. So yeah, I'll be there, looking forward to that one anyway and um
1: No, I'm gonna change I'm gonna change. I'm gonna go for two oh. one win. I'm gonna go for two one win. So yeah, we we're, we're yeah. I'm going for it. I mean, John Taylor plays for them, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. Well. So, so that's yeah, be an interesting repeat as well. So there's John Taylor link. There's obviously um, Paul Hurst's link to the club as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. interesting one.
0: Yeah, he's a legend there, isn't he? Played his entire career for other We keep forgetting that. Pretty so. much. Yeah. Yeah, we see, we see there'll be probably a bit of pre-match press about both of the guys in terms of the the respective local papers and local press in the run up to that one. So yeah, it'll be something interesting to read. So yes. I'm, I'm filling. That's that. We've done the predictions. I guess yep. that's the end of the podcast this week, Ollie. It and, is. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. We, we march on in the cup. And we look forward to the draw. Um, and yeah, it'd be nice when we. I bet there won't be three thousand there when we play Chelsea in the fifth round. So <laughs> <laughs> <Same laughs> no. nice. So it'll be full there. We'll have to get the corners filled again. But yeah, good one, Ollie. We shall. Um, we shall catch up about the shoes Town goings on in two weeks' time. So, yep. Yeah. Everyone enjoy a week off. And um, yeah, we'll catch you in two weeks' time.
1: Cheers, guys. <laughs>